Assalamualaikum and welcome to Tawheed and the Creation. My name is uh, Muhammad Fasih Peterson. Uh, usually in this program, we explore the book, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body. However, for the last couple of weeks, we've been turning our attention to the coronavirus or COVID-19, focusing on what a virus is and the impact of COVID-19 on society and the world at large. Tonight, we will be looking at lockdown, what that means for us and how we can improve our Tawheed and connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala using this period of isolation. Joining me online from his home this evening as we are all observing lockdown is uh, Bidisali Mani. Bidisali, assalamu alaikum and welcome to the airwaves this evening. Alhamdulillah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Muhammad Fasih. So Bidisali, I believe that we will be focusing on the lockdown and its impact. Yeah, Muhammad Fasih, um, <coughs> I want to start off um, by saying, first of all, and reminding all of us what we should do and what we should not do to keep safe. I'm not going to repeat that. Everyone has spoken about that. What I do want to say, though, <clears throat> is no one knows how long this pandemic is really going to last. I'm not trying to create uncertainty and fear or panic, but I do want to say that in my view, this lockdown is going to last longer than the 21 days um, that we've been told. In my view, it can be <laughs> up to at least double the time or at least a month longer. At least it could even be more. Now, people who have been asked this question They've done what they call modeling. Modeling is where they take a computer program and they factor in all the data that is available of how this virus behaved up to now, taking experiences from other countries, and they've used the best brains in the world to do this modeling. And even with that modeling, they were unable to determine how long this is going to last. Now, I just want to make one or two points about that before we go into the aspects of Tawheed around this issue. Well, we either know or we should know that the total infections in the world is very close to a million people now. And we've recorded to date about 45,000 deaths uh, on the planet. And I want to make a prediction. Uh, and I hope people are not going to hold me to this. But I want to predict by the end of this month, the United States will have more infections than the rest of the world combined. And the death rate, which is standing at about 4,000 now, will probably jump up to more than 50,000 by the end of this month. The reason why I'm mentioning this is in the United States economy 
is the strongest economy in the world, and whatever happens in the United States economy affects the rest of the world. And it's going to have an enormous, devastating impact on the whole global economy. And the reason why I'm mentioning that is so that people here in South Africa should take whatever precautions they can to count their pennies or their rands and cents and make sure that they treat this as a scarce resource because nobody knows, even those people who are okay financially are going to find that things are going to become very uncertain over the next couple of weeks. And I want to suggest that people take extra care not to spend unnecessary money and to draw up their budgets in such a way that it can at least last for another month or two after the lockdown. Now that sounds a bit scary, but I'm hoping that people will take that advice. Rather be safe than sorry. Sound advice, Bidisari, uh, especially as we consider that the lockdown has been put in place to curb the spread of, of coronavirus. Uh, but in doing so, it also halts economic growth. And uh, may Allah forbid, if it is necessary to extend the lockdown period for another week even, people at home will be sitting with less and less. Oh yes, Muhammad Fasih, and the thing that, although when we look at our figures compared to the rest of the world, it looks like we're doing something right. Yes, we are doing many things that's right, but we have not seen the effect of what testing of the townships and the poorer informal areas is going to bring to the fore. There's been very, very little testing going on in those areas. And those are the areas that will, in fact, throw up much, much more infections because people live right on top of one another and the conditions are such that it's very difficult for people to adhere to the social distancing that people in the more established area are able to do. And therefore, it's a wait and see game, but I suspect the death rate and the number of infections are going to drastically increase even in our own country and it will become scary as we move towards uh, closer to the, the end of the month. We've only just been affected in the Western Cape and our own areas are going to be affected and more of that will be coming to the fore, unfortunately. But we must prepare for that so that uh, we don't think it's just something that's going to be happen elsewhere. The voice of Bilisari Mani, this is the program Tawheed in the Creation and this evening we are looking at lockdown. Later on in the show we will be exploring how we can use this period to improve our Tawheed and closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these trying times uh, of isolation. We will continue after the break. Stay with us. <laughs>
Welcome back to Tawheed and the Creation. This evening we are looking at the lockdown. Now before the break we touched on the township dynamic and the confirmed case in Kailicha and the five cases in Mitchell's Plain. We also alluded to the challenge of social distancing in townships where there is tremendous overcrowding and you might find one or more families sharing one room. Uh, so keeping this in mind, looking at the numbers, we tend to compare ourselves with Italy or, or the US or China uh, even and alhamdulillah uh, the numbers look favorable but how should we be viewing this data in light of the challenges faced in combating the virus Muhammad Fasih if we look at the numbers we're going to scare ourselves and we're going to become panicky and worried <clears throat> and I would say that this is the time for us to develop a totally different mindset as Muslims. We should look at this as one of the biggest tests that the world is facing. Not just us in South Africa, but the entire globe. We, the, 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 the planet has become a place where the rich look after themselves and the powerful, they tramp on the heads and the rights of those who are less powerful, they don't care about the poor. And I think for the first time, one is picking up the narrative or the language from across the entire globe that people are talking about becoming less unselfish, to look at the needs of the poor because they suddenly realize that we are part of one global family and that what happens in one part of the world can so easily affect people in another part of the world. And despite all the efforts and the claims that they have all the answers, this virus has shown them that things are not always under their control. Now for us as Muslims, there's a very, very important lesson to extract from this. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us. And I'm going to quote uh, the Quran, uh, chapter 29, verse 2. And I open quote, do people think that they will be left alone because they say we believe and will not be tested we can't just make claims that we believe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to test all of us whether we are Muslim or not Muslim every single person will be tested Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us about this in the Quran and this is a test for the entire world. The people who have become so selfish will hopefully become more cognizant. They will be more aware of the needs of the poor and the needy. And look at what has happened in, in for example, the city of Cape Town. If it wasn't for this virus, then the homeless people would just be left there without any care. But because they are concerned that this virus 
uh, can spread so rapidly amongst the homeless and the people who are living on the streets and the beggars um, that they now, in a selfish way, have made effort to accommodate these people. Should this not be the approach of the world? The people who are in need, the people who are living on the street, the majority of them are living on the street, not because they choose to do so. They have no other option. Who would want to live on the street? Very few people would choose to do that. So this is a wake-up call for the entire world, but should be a wake-up call, especially for us as Muslims. I think that uh, since there are so many challenges being faced, um, we neglect to look at the positives arising from this. I mean, the fact that homeless people are being looked at and, and accommodation being sought for them, uh, people also rallying to help the weakest in the community and also relief organizations assisting people with aid, uh, especially to those with no form of income during this period of time. Yes, Muhammad Fasih, I think you made the point uh, last week about this. We touched on it, but the reality is only starting to sink in now. So many people have already lost their jobs, and so many people are unsure, and so many people will lose their jobs who don't even know that they are going to lose their jobs. One of the great features of the Muslim community especially here in the Western Cape, and for that matter in other parts of the country as well. If we look at the Ramadan period, and especially before Eid, people's generosity really come to the fore. The way we contribute towards food parcels, this is going to be an even bigger test. The food parcels that we make up um, for Eid, for Labarang, um, is for one day. Yeah, we have to think about people who won't be having food for who knows how long. And one of the things I must say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guarantees that no one, no one will become poor if they spend in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if there's a request for us to contribute towards bringing relief to those who are unemployed, who are hungry, who are needy, who are living there and destitute, and destitute. let us do what we can from the little. Let's share a little. Even if we don't have a lot, share a little with those people and have complete faith and trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if you help, that Allah won't make your rizq less as a result of you wanting to assist others. The voice of Bidasari Mani, this is the program Tawheed in the Creation and this evening we are looking at lockdown. After the break we will explore how we can improve our Tawheed and closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these times of isolation. لا حول ولا قوة إلا
Welcome back to Tawheed and the Creation. One of the things that comes through quite clearly is the idea that when you're giving for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, you will never become poorer as a result. Uh, this is an important fact. I mean, especially as we see people stockpiling during this period, and in so doing, they are restricting access to others who are more in need. Yes, Muhammad Fasih, you know, <laughs> I must be very honest with you. Uh, the uncertainty around what's going to happen, whether there will be enough of this or that, is a worrying factor to most people. But at the end of the day, we must realize one thing, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our merciful Lord, is in control, is in charge of every single thing that happens on this planet and in fact in the entire universe. If we don't have that proper, solid, rock-fast uh, certainty, true Iman and Taqwa, then we're going to fall in the trap of what Shaitan is going to whisper. He's going to whisper in our ears and say, uh, you can't give that, you don't know how long this thing is going to last. Do you think your rizik is dependent on what you are going to give or not give, the rizik of every single person is entirely in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hands. Our rizik is one of the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has preordained. Allah has decreed what your rizik will be before you were even born. Before you were born, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed what your rizik will be. You won't get a cent more or a cent less, and you won't get it a minute before or a minute after. Now you can ask your question, now where does my choice fit in to all of this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows exactly who you are, how you think, and what decisions you are going to be making in your life. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take that into account when Allah decrees your rizq. So if you have a generous heart, or a selfish heart, then those things impact on the amount of rizq that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees for you. Even before you are born, Allah knows already how you are going to behave and what you will be doing. So we should not rely on our rizq. If you rely on your money in the bank or the groceries that you have at home, then you are placing trust in something that is other than Allah. It's a big, 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 big sin. You are now saying your money is your reliance and not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us not fall in that trap. No matter how bleak the picture looks, even if you don't have a job, even if you don't have money, trust completely in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because what does Allah say in the Quran? Chapter 2, verse 286, Allah says, and I quote, on no soul does Allah place a burden greater than it can bear. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to give you a difficulty which you are unable to cope with. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows every single person's condition. Now is the time to have complete trust and reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Test and difficulties are there to strengthen our Iman and our Taqwa. 
But for those of us who have weak iman and our taqwa is not solid, we will fall in the trap by listening to shaitan and the whisperings of trying to do things on your own and depending on other people or even on yourself and not relying on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we put our trust completely in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we realize that Allah is the one who is in control of everything, then we can't go wrong. Remember what we said earlier in our earlier discussions. I've read somewhere that the smallest virus, the smallest virus is made up of about 6,000 atoms. 6,000 atoms, the smallest virus. There are millions of viruses in the entire universe. The smallest virus is made up of about 6,000 atoms. Every single thing in the entire universe, we said, is made up of atoms. Who controls every single atom? So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala controls every single atom, does he also not control every virus? Does he not also control every single thing that exists in this universe? Come back to that understanding of Tawheed and know who Allah is so that you can increase your reliance and your trust and tawakkal in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what, what we need to do. And that is one of the reasons why we are being tested to strengthen our iman and our taqwa. Uh, but Asani, as we look back at this discussion, how do we remain positive uh, in the hope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, when things look so difficult at the moment? Um, Muhammad Fasih, um, I was going to speak about this later, but let me just say that Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jailani, in his book Revelations of the Unseen, says that when human beings are confronted with difficulties or problems or tests, they respond in one of three ways. The first thing they do, they do whatever they can to find their own solutions. They depend on their own money, their own position, their own power, their own abilities, and they try and sort out the things themselves. And if they succeed, that's fine, and they leave it there. But if they don't succeed, what they do thereafter, they've tried now to do their own thing, what they then do, they become desperate, and they go to family, and turn to family and friends, and people in position or power, uh, or managers, or bosses, or banks, and they turn to them for assistance because they've exhausted their own efforts, their own personal efforts. Now they turn to others. And when that fails, they've gone to whoever they can. Only then do they turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jailani, Aziz, reminds us about. We only when we fail in our own efforts and we've exhausted all other options of friends and family and people in power, then we want to turn our faces to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even before 
we look at what we are able to do, our mindset should be when we are confronted with a difficulty. Don't even look at yourself or others. Rely completely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't depend on your own abilities because you are actually indirectly saying the ability comes from you or somebody else and not from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to solve your problems. And I think that is what one of the big, big, big lessons that we should learn. We should turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our state of need, but even in the state of ease and comfort. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one in whose hands are all the solutions for this entire universe, including this pandemic that we are confronted with. But Sali, um, certainly the fact that this unfolds in the sacred month of Sha'ban ahead of Ramadan, a time wherein the great night of Laylatul Qadr is found, the night of power, this must definitely not be a coincidence. Muhammad Fasih, I want to conclude on this note and say this is a very testing time, but people should not panic and worry about what is going on because you are now trying to find a solution which is uh, a solution which is, is, is not in our hands. We, we are not able to find a solution for this. What we must do in this period is treat this period not only to get up late in the mornings and, and scratch around for what to do, use this period as a period where we're going to emerge out of this with people who have improved on the state and the quality of our Iman and our Taqwa Amen. so that we leave, believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala much better than what we are doing so that our ibadah that we do uh, uh, and our devotions must have more meaning our salam must have more uh, sincerity it must have a, 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 a deeper content to it that we don't say as an obligation that we want to get rid of. Use these opportunities to do ibadah so that you can be drawn closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that we emerge as better slaves at the end of this day. But I want to say, out of all of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not require our ibadah. Allah is absolutely perfect in all senses. Whether we do ibadah or not doesn't affect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's greatness or perfection in any way. It's supposed to benefit us. Now, if our ibadah doesn't improve our behavior towards our fellow human beings, then we have missed the point of our ibadah. And I want to say to the listeners out there, this is a fantastic opportunity for you to improve your relationship with your own family, no matter who they are. And even those people that are not living with you, contact them, let them know that you love them, that you care for them. And if you've had problems with them in the past, use this as opportunity to mend the ties and to build bridges 
so that when we emerge out of this, we become better towards one another because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say, uh, says that the best of people, the best of people are those who are best to others. Those are the best people. Allah didn't say those who make the most salah and, and do this or that. Allah says the people who are the best are the ones who are beneficial to others. And I want to leave it on this note and make an urgent plea. Let's use this time to strengthen our iman and taqwa. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put peace and tranquility in our hearts and remove the worry and the difficulties that every one of us are actually experiencing in this extremely difficult time. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam and a big shukran to Bilisali for joining me online from home this evening. May Allah protect Bilisali and family uh, and keep Bilisali and family safe. Ameen. And uh, from myself, Muhammad Fasih Peterson, I speak to you again, inshallah. I bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and have a blessed evening further. <laughs> Oh,